Hello, my name is Casey Winters, and you're listening to Empathetic, the podcast where we pierce our perceptions of people you may consider pathetic with the realities of their past. Today, we're going to walk a mile with an ex-Mormon. So Plato's allegory of the cave goes something like this. There are a group of people chained to a cave, forced to only look at a wall of dancing shadows. They gave names and meanings to what these shadows could be, and that was their reality. But, obviously not accurate representations of the real world, right? So one day the chains were broken, and a man stepped out into the blinding light. After his eyes started adjusting to the sun, at first he could only see shadows still, right? But then gradually he could see the reflections of people and things in the water, and then later he could actually see the people and the things themselves. Finally, he's able to look at the stars and the moon, and then finally he can look upon the sun itself. You get it? Do you picture it in your head? (laughs) Is it there? Now, the hardest part about this allegory for me to comprehend is the end. So, when Plato says the freed man was so excited about what he had found in the outside world that he would try to share his discovery with the people in the cave, he would think to himself he was better for the knowing and the awareness and the change, and yet pity those ignorant others and therefore want to bring the cave dwellers out into the sunlight, out of the cave. So he goes back to the cave, but when he gets into the cave, his eyes are now blinded by going back into the cave. So the cave people look at him as having this journey and that he is now hurting because of this journey. So even when he explains what happened and all the things and what the reality is, they kill him. They can't handle it. They are too fearful that if they go on this journey that they will also be hurt by it and so they kill him this story resonates with me on so many different levels i think we can all understand and feel the part where the man leaves the cave and is blinded by the light or at least we can you know go through a space in our life where we look back and go wow that was not actually reality right like bill cosby actually wasn't a great guy and My parents aren't actually perfect, and perms don't really look good on me. Like, the truths come out, and then we look back on them going, wow, really, did I believe that, you know? Like, we can can be the man out of the cave sometimes. We seek the truth in a way that we want to understand and want to believe. But the thing that worries me the most about this is still being in the cave— And being safe enough, feeling safe enough that when somebody comes to enlighten me or when there is truth that comes, that I will feel safe enough to go out into the light instead of killing the idea of what the truth could be because it's so painful sometimes. 
especially with things that your family and your culture has believed so deeply for so long, to go out into a space of not believing that is really dangerous and unaccepting and can have massive repercussions. And you'll hear that in the story of Rockford that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit or have a conversation with Rockford. You'll hear his fear in a very deep way of what it was like to go out into the reality of not being Mormon. And still to this day, he he struggles with that identity and he struggles with that cultural norm that he's known for so long. So my other fear is to be the man that leaves the cave, right? To go out and to see the reality and then to have this like egotistical, cocky kind of response of like, well, I know better. (laughs) And want to go into the cave to drag everybody out to see it when that's their reality and that's their safe space. And it's such a freaking hard balance to find, right? But it also is the journey that I would only choose to go on. The journey of trying to find the truth and then if or when the people in your life are ready to share that truth with them. So, like I said, our our guest today was definitely a cave dweller. I think he would in fact, when I told him this analogy, he He was like, oh, I resonate with that very well. And yet was somehow brave enough to see the light. Okay, let's define ex-Mormon, or sometimes referred to as post-Mormon, which is the disaffiliate of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or LDS, or any schismatic break-off collectively called Mormonism. With every podcast of Empathetic, we start with a breath. And wonder, how do I perceive those that are in or out of Mormonism? What or who do I think of when I hear that someone was a Mormon? Or when, where, or who did that message or lens come from? Now, before we continue, I want you to just check in with yourself. Are you in a space? that is safe enough to hear the conversation that we're about ready to have. Listeners, I'd like you to meet Rockford. Rockford, I'm so glad you're here. First, let's talk about you now, who you are now. Just tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, My name is Rockford Page. Uh, I currently live in St. George, Utah. Uh, I'm currently a work in the restaurant industry uh, right now as a bartender and as a server. Um, I have four kids, two boys and two girls. Um, I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, 80s, um, obviously raised in the Mormon church. So I was about 12 or 13 years old. And about that time is when I, I guess they left the church. Let's talk more about that journey in the church, like from the beginning. Um, 
I mean, I guess it's normalcy, really, when you first, I mean, it's what you're born into, you know, I think it's like most people, you just, what you know, you know, always going to church, just doing all the activities that go along with being a Mormon. Which, yeah. Um, now, I mean, Mormons have very good family values. I dare say one of the best. We always do a thing on Monday nights called Family Home Evening. We're supposed to have some kind of lesson plan, bonding time with the family every Monday night. They also have church every Sunday. Um, I mean, if you're in Utah, you obviously know about it. It's huge. Mm. I always have said, even the Catholic diocese in Utah is somewhat Mormon because <laughs> their lives are so affected by Mormons. Yeah, that's a really good, interesting way of looking at it. It's like everything that you did was kind of through this religion. Yeah, it's, I mean, back and just kind of more studying religion as a whole and reading books, I just really now see growing up my whole life when you would travel outside of Utah and you would go somewhere people would say oh you, when they hear you're from Utah they're like wow that's a different that's like a different world or a different you know it's like a whole nother place and in my mind you're just thinking oh no it's really pretty much the same and in generality they, they lie to a lot of things most people wouldn't notice but if you really look at it it is completely different in this state. I almost dare say a different country. Hmm. Utah. Tell us more about what is different about it. Well, I mean, I think when I met you, I said a pretty strong word, and I kind of, I say that jokingly, and it gets laughs at the bar that, you know, raised in a cult. But I was looking up the definition earlier, right before we started this. One of the definitions that I saw on there was uh, misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Hmm. That just like hits me huge because that's that's really how I feel about it. And all and but also there is a, a duality in everything. So I'm on the spectrum of I bad taste in my mouth and there's things I don't like about the religion and how it affects the life here. And then there's also some good things about it. So I'm trying to not be, I guess, too harsh and say too rude of things. So I want to be somewhat respectful. But like, just, I mean, the biggest thing, which is not a huge deal, but just the alcohol thing is huge here in Utah. Mm. One of the biggest things you can notice. But really, that affects the whole industry restaurant industry, uh, stores, all of that, you know. I'm curious about this need to make sure you're balanced with your perception of it. Is there a reason for that? Well, I just, I can tend to be very harsh. And hmm. so I just don't want to be too rude and say too harsh of things. Because, I mean, the religion made me who I am. Hmm. I mean, I still say I'm Mormon, even though I'm not. Joke. Hmm. I mean, I'm always going to have some of those values instilled in me but i'm also i tell people i'm learned now but i'm gullible mormons are gullible there's a reason why utah has such a high percentage of pyramid scheme it goes hand in hand you know 
It's so interesting to go back to a space where you definitely felt some safety, but also felt a lot of trauma and balancing both of that into a space where you're like, yeah, this is who I am because of both of those things. But also like to feel enough to acknowledge both of them is hard. For a long time, I, I was so mad I didn't feel that way. I would say just until more recently, trying to be introspective and look at things before I was very upset. I know a lot of people in the church that are very upset. Um, okay, a huge issue is uh, people that are homosexual, the Mormon church, and also they're racist. Those are two huge things that we can talk about what the Mormon church is. I have lots of friends that you know, are homosexual, and they have a lot of angst towards the Mormon church. They have felt ostracized, cast out, things like that. How do you balance that? How do you balance, like, somewhat identifying as a Mormon still, or at least, you know, a safe space for you to be Mormon, and yet knowing that they are, are harsher towards people that you love? Oh, it's so confusing. Yeah. Uh, because they're teaching doctrine of Christ, who's supposed to be Christ-like. So that is really massive. My psyche as a person, you know, the, the, they say one thing, but then act a completely different way. And you mentioned a little bit earlier that you were like 13-ish, right, when you decided that it wasn't something that you wanted to... Yeah, I think I think maybe we talked about it when I first met you, uh mm-hmm. I read a book because so the church always has its um, meetings first. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. First Sunday or the last Sunday testimony meeting where everybody gets up and bears their testimony. And the church is saying back when I was going all the time was this is the only true church. This is the true church. That was like the motto of everybody. And I read this book when I was around 13 talking about uh, either some Hindus or Buddhists and, like, mentioning that there's a billion, a huge number of them, you know, in the, in the Eastern world. And so when I read that, I was just thinking, so you're telling me that these billion other people have got it wrong and we we know more than them? That just was profound to me. Literally, I knew right then something's not right. And really, though, going to church the whole time, you... You can just, you can feel energy. You can read people. There's a fakeness to it. If you were like, using the analogy of driving down the road on the LDS and you were like, how how did you turn out of it? How did you? I have amazing parents. And it was basically as easy as saying, hey, I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm done. And I mean, basically that easy for me, which is so, so not the norm. I know kids go on a mission. That's the popular thing. Most kids, you know, go on a mission just to fit in, really, you know, so they can get approval from their family. So, I I mean, I guess I just got lucky by having my parents, and I just stopped going to church, basically, is what really happened, which was amazing for me because growing up, Sunday, you could never go do anything on Sundays. My friends would go snowboarding. I could never go, you know. My friends were going on a trip or something. I usually couldn't go because Sunday you had to be back home for church. 
How has this lens then of you growing up in this community and then coming out of it and kind of looking at it all different ways, how has that changed your perspective of others? Of other people? Yeah. Different than you, believing different things than you. I mean, I think what's so crazy is so many different religions, so many people believe so much different things, but in reality, we're all so similar. Hmm. I think people are people, you know. I've met a lot of people, connected with a lot of people, and I think if you just spend time with somebody and talk with somebody after a while, you will find more similarities than differences. This lens has allowed you to be more accepting of other people's differences. For sure. I used to be quite a bit more harsh about Mormonism and like really like mm-hmm. rude about it and really say rude things, but I just learned that uh, a lot of those people, just like anybody, they're just trying to cope. They're just trying to live life and fit in, you know. Why do you think you were rude? Oh, I think think pain. I think being hurt. I think, you know, one huge thing to me is I felt lied to on a lot of stuff with their doctrine. Hmm. Things they still won't acknowledge, you know. And so I think, you know, people, you lash out when you're hurt. Do you feel like you're still hurting? Um, I mean, I would, I would say there's have to be some, but I, I mean, it's not something I try, I really think about much. I, I would say I'm in a pretty good place. When you meet new people from the LDS community, what is your thought of them? I feel bad. I feel pity mm. at first. Yeah. I really feel because I feel like they're being lied to. Mm. What would you, if they were in a space to hear it, like, what would you tell them? Just, I mean, I, I mean, really, the doctrine is definitely not true. Joseph hmm. Smith definitely not a prophet. He, he was a smart man. He came up with a lot of things. Definitely not a, a prophet of God, in my opinion. Would you, at one point, like, just say there's, like, a safe a safer way to get out? Like, you know, like use your life example as a way that shows that it's healthy to be on the other side and it's okay and safe to be on the other side? I think really just if you get to the point where I'm at, you've got to just do it and really think about if it's going to be safe or what. You've got to just live your life. But, I mean... It's not like it's a war zone, nothing like that. I mean, Utah people are very friendly. You just, you, you'll definitely be ostracized on certain things. But there's starting to be a very big community that's non-LDS. Mm-hmm. And even the LDS people, there's a lot of Jack Mormons. There's, people are just people, really. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to that, I would say. You mentioned that you were in prison a while back. And yeah. I'm just curious For to sure. see how that affected you or for sure i mean it goes hand in hand with the mormonism thing my father you know i was raised in a law enforcement family and so going to prison you know that's complete opposite of everything i was raised to be hmm. and so there's i so when i went i really really read the book of mormon that's when i really read it like full on front and back that's when i really you know, when you're sitting there in a cell, you're searching for anything. Hmm. And I just, I really read it. I would go to some of the church meeting, things like that. 
prayed about it, all the things that they tell you to do. And, I mean, there's just too many things I could pick in, apart in the in the Book of Mormon that threw alarm bells off to me. Father, being an investigator, taught me how to always look into things and just going to prison and looking into it. That's when it really double compounded on me, like, wow, what you really to get a grasp of everything. I don't think until then is what I really realized. And then I'll also read all the books I did in there on certain topics and religion. I think it really helped shape the person I am and the view I have on everything I've been through. Curious, this is like off topic, but do you believe in a deity now? Um, yeah, I believe in something. I don't know what it is. I've had some definite spiritual, religious experiences, I guess people would call them, where I connected with say, the higher power, those kinds of things. Um, I mean, studying religion that I've studied before we were worshiping a male deity, we were worshiping female deities. I truly don't know what it is. I, I'm not sure what the name of it is. I don't know for sure what, but I know there's something out there, and I know we are all connected and all those two things. Is there anything else that you want to make sure to tell the listeners? Mm, yeah, I think, um, I mean, if you're ever thinking about getting out of the Mormon church specifically, I mean, especially your family, it's a, it's a very daunting thing. I think you just have to go about your life and be happy. Life is too short to live something you don't want to live, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a, a lot of the cognitive dissidents, you know, that's a lot of people I think kind of know. You know, I told you about my uncle. He worked for a very uh, high-level company in Utah, and he even said he just went to church he has a doctorate degree. He just went and was part of it because that's how he had to do to make a livelihood and be part of it, you know? So I think there's a lot of that out there. I think people, path of least resistance. Yeah. Know? My advice is do, do what makes you happy, and sometimes that's not the path of least resistance. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thanks again, Rockford, for helping us walk in your shoes a little bit today. And and uh, so that way we can have more empathy. And you were the one that actually told me, I've never heard this before, that empathy is what the highest level of intellect, intellect that you could have? Intelligence. The highest level of yeah. intelligence that you can have. Where did you hear that? So I read a lot of things. I can't remember where I read that. I want to say that's a philosopher. <laughs> but yeah, they said empathy is the highest form of intelligence. I do agree with that. For sure. Yeah, I definitely do. Can you tell me why? Um, because you got to relate, you know what someone else is going through. To me, it's like one of those spaces where your brain kind of creates this like wrinkle in it. You know, like if you're able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, it it forces you to go outside of your normal range of brain capacity. You know? Yeah. Again, thank you for being vulnerable and honest, and we really appreciate it, and uh, wish you good things, all the good things. Great. Thanks for talking to you. All right. Thanks so much, Rockford. Thank you so much, listeners, for walking with me in Rockford's shoes today. My call to action this week 
is like really genuinely think about the different categories that you feel that you are in a cave. And are you like one of those cave dwellers who are very happy being blissfully ignorant in that cave? And is there any other categories in your life or areas in your life where you're like, yeah, let's get out of this cave. Let's learn more. Let me find the reality to this, right? For example, like if you're in a relationship that maybe the person's cheating on you, would you want to know? Are you very happy being blissfully in that ignorant cave? Or are you wanting to get out? Maybe with your religion, your ideas of religion, maybe religion's too hard for you. What are the areas in your life where you want to explore more? And what are the areas where you feel very comfortable being safe in? And just notice it. That's it. The other thing I want you to do this week is go to my Facebook page. I need some love. I'm not, I am not a social media influencer. I tell you this very genuinely, but it's there. So go to my Facebook page. And just like any of these podcasts, and so that way we can, you know, get some love. I'm Casey Winters, and this is Empathetic. We hope you are able to help pierce your perception today with some reality. Thank you for listening.